The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build the tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost, to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is fit neither for soil nor for the manure pile. They throw it away. Let everyone with ears to hear listen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. How much does it cost that... It's a question that is quite important. It's one that we learn at an early age. Vivil costetas, right? That's one of the only things I remember from German class. And if you respond with the number, I couldn't tell you what it is. But I know how to ask how much a thing costs, right? Just like my kids know how to ask how much something costs. We go to the store and you stand in the toy aisle and that's all you hear is, how much does this cost? How much does this cost? How much does this cost, right? We do that. It's the same question my wife asks when we return from the toy store and I've bought something and the first words out of her mouth are, Zach, how much did that cost, right? We do that because we need to know. It's part of a, of a larger decision-making process that we engage in, right? When we, when we ask that question, what we're trying to do is figure out for ourselves, is that something we're willing to give up? Right? If the price is right, we buy it. If it's not, we keep looking. Right? This is how we go through our daily lives. And this idea of cost is really important today in our gospel. Today, Jesus is telling us what it's going to cost for us to be disciples, followers of Christ. And the spoiler alert is, it's a lot. Right? It is a lot. And that's hard because I'm a bargain shopper. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't like paying full retail price. I'm a thrifty kind of a guy. But Jesus makes it pretty clear he's not here to play let's make a deal with regards to greater things, the kingdom of God. The price is what the price is, and a steep price it is, right? It includes perhaps our relationships, our possessions, and even, even our lives. So today, therefore, we have to ponder that question, right? Are we willing to pay what it costs to be disciples, to be followers of Christ? And this idea of cost is sort of unique here in our gospel today. It's the only place in the New Testament that word cost appears, and it's in relationship to the first of two very brief parables that Jesus tells Right? The parable about a land developer who decided he wants to build a tower. 
And the first step in building anything is to ask the question, what is it going to cost? Now, this parable hits a little bit close to home, seeing as to how we've just lived through a few building projects in the past years. Believe it or not, the question, how much does it cost, was one we asked over and over and over and over again as we were visioning what we could potentially do, the first and most logical question to ask was, what's it gonna cost? When we sat down and interviewed the various contractors to see, we asked, what's it gonna cost? When we raised the funds, we asked, what's it gonna cost, right? And then, during the project itself, a broken truss, right? What's it gonna cost? Asbestos floors everywhere in this entire building. All right, what's it gonna cost? Right? The gold-plated toilet in the parsonage. Hey, what's it going to cost? Right? We, we ask all of these questions because we have to know what's it going to cost. Why? Well, Jesus tells us why. He says, because look, if you don't know what it's going to cost, you don't want to be the fool who starts a project and doesn't finish it. People are going to ridicule you. right? And I don't like being ridiculed. So we ask this question to ensure that the foundation we lay is one that we can finish building upon given the resources that we have. And that is a simple sort of thing. But it's important to say enough, right? Because as it turns out, what Jesus, the lesson here he's telling us is good intentions aren't enough, right? Just like my good intentions with every new hobby that I've thrown myself into with time and money and realize I'm way in over my head on, right? I, I own f like five or ten skateboards. I'm a feeble skateboarder at best, right? But I don't have time to learn how to skateboard, although we've got a nice parking lot now, right? Uh, or or the, the, the 3D printer that I bought off of somebody on Facebook about six months ago. I bought it, brought it home, looked at it, said, ah, I don't have time today. And then last week got to move it. My wife is giving me the eyes right now, right? And then moved it, at which point she asks, are we seriously gonna move this thing? I said, yeah, one day I'll get around to using it, if it works, right? We, we do these things. It's like the snowshoes that I've been keeping an eye on online. Do I snowshoe? No, but it seems like a great activity. It does snow here after all, right? Why not jump in head first? But that's the thing. Jesus doesn't want discipleship to be a hobby that we throw ourselves into briefly and then leave behind when we realize it costs too much, too much time or money or resources or personal capital. It just isn't worth it. And so that's why Jesus wants to be up front. He tells us this is what it will take you, and it is a very steep price. But if you're going to take that first step of building a foundation in faith, you might as well know what's being expected of you. And my guess is this. Most of you are here today because at some level in your life, you have a foundation in faith. Or you've been dragged here by someone who does have a foundation in faith, to which I would like to say thank you. Very nice, right? My guess is for most of you, your foundation and faith began in the waters of baptism. And then perhaps even for some of you, it was in this very bowl that you were washed in those waters. In a beautiful moment where you were cleansed and named as a child of God. But our liturgy is really interesting. Because in that beautiful moment of baptism, we tell you exactly what it's going to cost. Listen again to what it is that we 
ask of you that when you are baptized, right, you are to live among God's faithful people, to come to the Word of God and the Holy Supper, to learn the Lord's Prayer, Creed, and Ten Commandments, to hold in your hands the Holy Scriptures, to be nurtured in faith and prayer, so that you may learn to trust God, proclaim Christ through word and deed, care for others and the world God made, and work for justice and peace. That is what it costs to build upon that foundation of faith that was likely laid here or somewhere through the waters of baptism. That's what you build upon. That is our goal. And even if we just take that last little part, it's a lot. Work for justice and peace in the world requires us to weigh what it's going to cost. Just like our second parable, where the guy who's going out to war has to weigh whether or not he can afford to have peace in that way. Sometimes, peace is going to cost us compromise. I'm a stubborn person, believe it or not. Shocking, I know. I don't like to compromise. But sometimes, in order to keep peace, that's what we have to do. We have to reconcile our differences, meet in the middle, and say, I may not have everything I want, you may not have everything you want, but at least we can leave, live peaceably around our disagreements. Other times, peace comes at the expense of conflict, going to war, fighting for justice for those who have none, much like our litany to begin the service referred to. Peace, you see, sometimes requires conflict. This isn't news. A few weeks ago, Jesus told us just that. He said, look, I didn't come to bring peace. I rather came to bring division. Jesus has set us up for this moment, telling us this is what it costs. You're going to have to give something up along the way. And he knows this because he himself is going to work peace through the conflict of the cross. In many ways, Jesus has a life-or-death decision to make. And the decision he makes is death. He makes the decision to accept that reality of the cross so that we may have an opportunity to live. And that is so central to our faith. And it's even central to baptism itself. Because you see, as Paul writes about baptism in his letter to the church in Rome, Paul connects those things together and says, therefore, we've been buried with Jesus by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Jesus chose death that we may live. And when we choose baptism, we choose to lay a foundation in faith, we too are choosing to die with Christ. Why? That we may experience newness of life. In other words, newness of life through Christ comes at the cost of death to the old ways of the world. And that brings us back where we started, right? We started by asking that question, what is it going to cost? And now we know. So the corollary question we got to ask ourselves next, the obvious one is, can we afford it? Can we afford to pay what it is that Jesus is 
asking of us. Are we willing to lay aside relationships that wedge us away from Christ, wedge us away from the peace and love we've been called to serve in his name? Are we willing to part with our possessions for the sake of those around us, that others may experience that relationship in their lives too? And if we do choose to do this, we will find that such a life doesn't lead to hatred, but in fact leads to love. Love for others and love for God and all that God has created. Allowing others themselves to have that foundation that they may then build their faith upon. Which I think is at the center of our reading from Deuteronomy this week. Where Moses is asking the Israelites really poignant questions about what are they willing to do in service to others. Moses essentially is saying, what are you willing to sacrifice in order that future generations may know me? What are you willing to die to so that others may learn to live? Moses is asking them, what kind of a foundation are you seeking to build so that future generations in my name may thrive? I think that's an especially poignant question in an assembly that literally just built upon our foundation. I mean, think about it for a moment. We went through that process of asking, what's it going to cost? Then we agreed to that. And then we built upon it. And we have these beautiful renovated spaces. But now we need to hear what Jesus is telling us one more time. Because the question remains, what's it going to cost? And it's no longer about dollars and cents. Although it's nice that you put those in the plate, but that's another sermon for another day. The question now is, what are you willing to give of yourself? Because if we built this foundation and we're not willing to be disciples, we're not willing to go into our community to evangelize, we're not willing to welcome people in and to share Christ's love with others, guess what? We are no better than the builder who didn't finish the building. Because that's the point of this space. That's the point of what we have. Not to step back and say, man, what a beautiful tower we made. But instead, to fill this space to be disciples here and to be sent as apostles out, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to commit ourselves, our time and our talents and our resources, of which we have endless amounts here, for the sake of creating a place where people's foundations and faith may be built upon, where future generations may come, that they may experience what you have experienced. And I think that's the joy of this whole experience for me as pastor, is to see how often in this process I heard people talk in terms of future generations, how we look forward to the children that will fill this space, the children that will grow in their faith, the people that will come here to know Christ and, yes, even die and be buried in this place. And that's what gives me hope that you know what it costs, but now the question is, are we willing to pay that cost? And I hope and I pray that your answer hasn't changed and that in the days to come, we are willing to do the work ahead of us because now, now that construction is over, the true work begins. Amen.